Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church, located in Newberry, Florida, where Rocky McKinley is our lead pastor. Thanks for tuning in. Here's today's message. This is such a great day. I, we always love Pastor Appreciation Day. And, you know, when, when the staff and I and the council, we were all getting together to come up with some ideas and, and try and figure out something big to do, you know, we realized that it was just beyond our ability to do and pull this off on our own. And so what we did is we went out and we got some sponsors. We got some sponsors to sponsor Pastor Appreciation 2016. And so as part of the deal, they sponsored this day. And so I, I told them that I would kind of advertise uh, their product and their business and, uh, and give you their tagline. And so uh, here are the, the sponsors for Pastor Appreciation 2016. Our first sponsor is Celtics Tissues. Celtics tissues that you can show your team pride while you dry your tears as the, strug- the Celtics struggle to regain relevance. <laughs> Uh, full disclosure, there are only 17 uh, Kleenexes in that box, and it doesn't look like they're going to be packaging any more in there anytime soon. <clears throat> oh. Another sponsor for Past Appreciation 2016 is Just for Men for Beards. If gray in your beard is a sign of wisdom, you're almost Einstein. (laughs) Brush back in some street cred with just for men for beards. Uh, Another sponsor that we have is the uh, Double Time Clapping Hands. Double Time Clapping Hands so that you can clap along with the tempo of the band without compromising your irrational clapping convictions. (laughs) You can clap as the kick drum goes. Double time, okay. Our next sponsor is Hipster Pastor Hair Gel. Hipster Pastor Hair Gel, strong enough to hold back even the trendiest hair so you won't need to wear a ponytail in the pulpit. And our final sponsor for Pastor Appreciation 2016, Jeep Keychain. Jeep Keychain, when you want to show the world your midlife crisis when you're not driving it. So our, our sponsors got together and, uh, and they wanted to give you a little sampling of our products. And so uh, here you go. These are from our sponsors for Pastor Appreciation 2016. Man, you can, only, you can only talk about a man's skinny jeans so many times before he fires back on Pastor Appreciation Day. That's all I'm saying. Man, I... I get the honor today of preaching for Pastor Appreciation Sunday, and uh, you know every year we get together, and I, and I ask Pastor Rocky because again I know Pastor Josh mentioned this, but this is never something that Pastor Rocky asks for. In fact, from the very beginning, um, he's never even mentioned this. Uh, if it were up to him, this day probably wouldn't even happen. Uh, he, he's not one, and, and their family's not one to have the shot, you know, the, the spotlight uh, pointed at them for days like this. Uh, our pastors' council got together, our administrative council got together years ago, and just decided that for everything that this family does for this church and for us as individuals, it would be fitting to have a day like this, just one Sunday out of the year where we set aside to honor them. And and that's what this is all about. And every year, 
I always ask, who do you want to come speak for Pastor Appreciation? If you've been around here for a while, you know we've had multiple guest speakers. And, and so this year, um, he asked if I would do it, which is a huge honor. Uh, but I'm, I'm really kind of wondering, uh, because I'm the only person to repeat. I'm the only person to get to speak at two Pastor Appreciation services. I'm really wondering if he just really likes my preaching, or if maybe you need some more friends uh, that preach well. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe it's the first of those two. I don't know. That's, you know, the Word of God tells us, it's very specific on how we should honor pastors, how we should honor people that teach us God's Word. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 12 and 13, it says this, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And then it goes even further and says in Hebrews 13.7, it says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The Bible's very specific. We're supposed to honor men and women that teach us God's word. And not just honor, as that last verse said, we're to imitate them. And so today is a very fitting day. Today is a very appropriate day for us to bestow honor upon the man of God who brings God's word, who leads us, and who cares about us so much. And, you know, I, I think it's so easy to have a day like this here at Destiny Community Church. I'll tell you, from a planning standpoint, it's easy to plan a day like this when you've got a family that is so respected and so loved by not just a few or just a church, but this whole entire community and surrounded with people that, that don't even live here talk so highly of Pastor Rocky and, and Mandy and Caleb and Kendall. And so it's easy for us to put a day like this together. And when I was thinking about this day and what I was going to talk about, you know, I started thinking back over the years. I've, I've known this family for 16 years. We've worked together uh, for the last nine of those 16 years. And when you work that closely with somebody and you know someone for that long, you know how it is. You kind of get a, a peek behind the scenes, so to speak. You know, we all get to see Pastor Rocky and Mandy and Caleb and Kendall in situations like this or out in the community where they have to, you know, be on, so to speak. You know, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, um, where, where we would expect them to do what they do. But I've been able to see their family function. I've been able to see them work. And, and what you see is what you get. And for me, to be honest with you, that is, the, that is the greatest compliment anybody could ever pay somebody. What you see on Sunday mornings is who they are in their home, with their family, dealing with staff. All of that is, is exactly what you see. And that's why this day is so great. And that's why we love this so much. And, and Pastor Rocky, there's so many people in this room that are, are better people because of your leadership. And that's, that's just the reality. I mean, there are... There are families in this room today that are stronger families because of the example that you guys set. As, as spouses, as parents, um, you know, I, I remember when I first started working here, We've had this policy in place because Pastor Rocky is a stickler about Mondays being off for our staff. He protects that day as a Sabbath because he knows how important it is to spend time with your family. And so we work hard as a staff, but Mondays you better not come around the office, and I figured that out pretty fast. We were still at the little offices in the little building across the street, and I had stopped on a Monday just to pick something up. I don't even remember what it was, but I was in and out in five minutes. Somewhere in that five-minute window, Pastor Rocky drove by, saw my truck in the parking lot, and all the text that I got said, go home now. That was all. That was all he had to say, but I got it. It wasn't that he was being rude. Well, he kind of was being rude, but I, I get the point. 
He's saying go home to your family, spend time with your family. He lives that out as an example, and there are stronger families in the room because of the example that you guys set. I, I know that we have a culture of serving here at Destiny Community Church because you guys embody that. You guys serve. We take an entire Sunday, one, day, one Sunday a year, where we go out into our community and surrounding communities to serve, and that doesn't happen by accident. It happens because you guys live it out, and you've created that culture uh, you know, here at this church. And, and, and I think about um, I'm, I'm going to reminisce a little bit, so excuse me. I don't get this opportunity on Pastor Appreciation very often, but I, I remember we had an event um, years and years and years ago when our church was much smaller, and, and I, I saw Pastor Rocky grab a bag of trash out of a trash can, and he was headed out the door with it, and, and I was kind of new to, to, in fact, it was like one of my first official events as a staff member, and I, I rushed up to grab the trash out of his hand. I thought, man, the pastor of a church shouldn't have to take trash out after an event like this. You know, there were other things that he could be doing, I guess, and, and he was stuck and he just kind of pulled it back, you know, and he wouldn't let me grab the trash bag out of his hand. And he said, Andrew, don't serve me, serve with me. And that has been something that has stuck with me for a long, long time. And he leads this church that way. It's not a bunch of people serving him and his family. It's a bunch of people serving with him to better reach the community. DCC is a loving and caring place because that is how you guys treat your family and treat the people in this room. And I'll never forget um, when Deanna was pregnant with Riley, it was early on in the pregnancy and she was experiencing some complications. It turned out to, to be, I was going to say just kidney stones, but I don't want anything thrown at me because it was very painful. Nothing to do with a baby, but we didn't know. We weren't sure. And so on a Wednesday at about 5.30, when I was still the youth pastor, Deanna's doubled over in pain. Mandy rushed to the house to pray with her and to, to find out if she's okay. I'm still up at the church because I was getting ready for a youth service. I knew students were going to be arriving any minute for this youth service, and I knew that I had to get her to the hospital. And so Pastor Rock, didn't even blink. He didn't say anything. He didn't give me an option. Um, he, he grabbed my notes from me and said, go, I'll take care of it. He taught those students that night from my notes, and I don't even know what he did with the adult class. I, I, I have no idea, but it would just wasn't even a question. And it, was just, it stuck out to me so much. And we were at the hospital sitting in, a, in a, um, a patient room in the emergency room, and I'll never forget after service was over, probably about 10 o'clock that night, I got a text, and it just said, it was from Pastor Rocky, and he said, I'm in the lobby. If you need anything, just let me know. He was there in the emergency room after he had already done all that stuff. And I am absolutely positive that so many of you could get on this stage, and if we gave you a microphone, you could tell us very similar stories about interactions that you've had with them and their family, with your family. They've been there for us in, in down times. They celebrate with us in great times. Uh, and, and that's what a, a good pastor should do, and that's exactly what they do. And so today is a great day for us to be able to honor all that and to let you know that that stuff doesn't go unseen. Uh, you don't get appreciated as much as you should, uh, because I'm not sure that that's even really possible for a pastor to be appreciated as much as he should, but that's what today is really all about. I also know Pastor Rocky well enough to know this. He hates this part. He does. He hates it when all the attention is on him. So, so I'll, I'll move on now. Um, and I, I was really praying hard and thinking about what I should preach as this message because it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange Sunday to figure out what to preach because we want to honor Pastor Rocky and his family and we want to make a, a big deal out of them and, you know, make Caleb embarrassed as we, you know, try and get them up to the stage every year and it never works, you know. We, we want to have that kind of dynamic and, and we want to tell them how much we appreciate them and show them how much we appreciate them. And I, I think that's been accomplished and is going to continue to be accomplished. But there's also this element where I realize, and Pastor Rocky realizes because we've had this conversation many times before, God's word needs to be preached on a day like this where we can all 
hear it and apply it to our lives. And so I thought, man, what better thing to preach about on a Pastor Appreciation Sunday than to preach about how we as the church, the worldwide church, the body of Christ, Destiny Community Church, can really fulfill our destiny individually and how that looks when we come together and combine as a church family. A couple weeks ago, I was in the mall with, uh, with Deanna, my wife, and with uh, Riley, our five-month-old daughter, or five-year-old daughter. <laughs> That story, this story is going to be a whole lot more impressive if she was five months old. But, um, and we were walking around. Deanna was looking for, uh, for something specific. And so we were shopping around in some different places. Riley was, you know, the wheels were starting to come off. You know, if a five-year-old stays in the mall shopping too long, it's just, it turns into chaos, you know. And so you could tell she was getting wound up. Um, I, you know, was not exactly having the time of my life walking around holding shopping bags. Uh, and so I just told Deanna, I said, why don't you go shop? You go shop. I'll take Riley. We'll go, we'll go look around. You know, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go kill some time while you shop so you don't have to worry about us. And so we went to JCPenney. Me and Riley did because in JCPenney is the Disney section, and that has got all the official licensed Disney gear. And if you know anything about my family, you know my wife and my daughter, man, they are fanatics about Disney. And if you know me, you know two things are true. One, I'm really sarcastic, and two, I love Disney. And the first thing applies to the second. <laughs> and, and so we're walking around. We're walking around in the Disney section, and, and Riley is just checking everything out. You know, she's playing with everything, and, and, and Riley's a great kid, but we wanted to get her out of this habit that she kind of maybe got into early that a lot of kids get into, and they just ask, like, I want this, I want this, buy me this, you know, whatever. And so we, we've kind of um, uh, kept her away from that, uh, beat it out of her, I don't know how you want to say it, but we've kept her away from that. And so she finds the loopholes. My daughter's really good at finding loopholes. And so now when she sees something at the store that she really likes, she said, I wish I had that. That's what she says, which technically is not asking for it, but, you know, and so she, I, I wish I had that. I wish I had that, to which I respond, well, you really like Disney, so why don't you wish upon a star and see what happens? Um, <laughs> I am the father of the year. <laughs> and so we're looking around. We're just having a good time, and we turn the corner, and there's this one little alcove in, the, in this section of the store, and it's got pretty much from floor to ceiling just these shelves and all these Disney stuffed animals fill these shelves. I mean, it's just, it, there's a ton of them. And it looked like there was a battle that had just taken place and the ammunition was stuffed animals because they were everywhere, all over the floor. I mean, it looked like, honestly, like somebody just put their, their hand, like their arm in the shelf and just raked all of them onto the just piles of stuffed animals. And instantly I freaked out a little bit because I don't deal with that kind of stuff well, you know what I mean? Like if a, if a, a room in our house looks that messy, I close the door and walk away, um, you know. And so I'm, I'm kind of freaked out at first and I'm like, all right, well, you know, and then, I, and then I thought in my brilliant mind, man, this is the way out. We can't play with any of these because it's such a mess. Let's just go. So I, I had my out. I had my exit strategy in place. And I said, all right, Riley, let's go. You know, we can't play with these. Obviously, it's a mess. And she just stopped. And she looked at it and she said, we can't just leave them like this. We have to do something. And at first I thought, all right, she really cares about these stuffed animals. And then I realized it wasn't the stuffed animals that she cared about. What it was was that she realized there was a mess and that she felt a responsibility to do something about that mess, right? Have you ever been convicted by your children? Has that ever happened to you? Like they say or do something and you're like, I am a terrible human being right now, right? <laughs> we, were, we were driving around one day uh, at, at another time and Riley's in the back seat and somebody cut me off. Um, and, and I 
started to talk to the person in the other car. Uh, they couldn't hear me. My windows were closed, and even if they weren't, I wasn't speaking loud enough. I didn't say anything necessarily that I would not have been proud of, um, but I said something to the effect in, a, in a, uh, a raised voice, like, you know, come on, move, go faster, you know, those things that, that we all say, and if you say that you don't say them, you're liars. Um, <laughs> And I'll never forget, like, right after I said that, Riley's in the back seat, and I hear her say, go, come on, move. And I was like, Riley, you do not talk like that. She said, Daddy, I was just helping you. <laughs> Shut up, you know? <laughs> but I got convicted right there at JCPenney, because, like, this little girl is like, no, I have a responsibility. These things are messy. It's not anybody else's job to clean this up. Let's just do it. I had in my mind that somebody else, an employee who it was their job to do this, was going to take care of it. And you know what? If we walked away from there, it would have gotten done. But my daughter saw things through a different perspective, through a different lens. And in reality, us as Christians, we know that there are things that need to get done and people that need to be reached. We know that we want our friends and our family to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we need somehow to introduce them into that relationship. We know as Christians that the least of these, as the Bible calls them, should be taken care of and should be fed and should be clothed. We know that there are needs out there and that those needs should be prayed for and that those needs should be met. And so many times, us as Christians, what we do as church members, we just assume that it's somebody else's responsibility. We just assume that there's something that needs to get done. It's got to be somebody else's job. And so many times that job lands on the pastor. So many times, and we won't admit this. This isn't really all that fun to preach about, to be honest with you. But we don't admit this, but we're like, oh, well, you know, that's the, the pastor's job to reach out to my friends and family. It's my pastor's job to meet people's needs in the community. It's my pastor. And while all of those things are absolutely true, that it is part of what we do as a church family and as a leader, that is part of his responsibility. But I can tell you that nowhere in the word of God do you find any place where one person is responsible for meeting all of those needs. In fact, the Bible says things pretty clearly in the other direction because it's not about one person doing all of that stuff. It's not about one person pushing this church into where God has us for the future. It's about all of us putting what we have together to see this church accomplish the vision that God has given us. And so I want to look this morning at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. And this passage of scripture is, is Paul the author of so many scriptures and so many books of the Bible and the New Testament. And it's Paul trying to get across to the, this church. He's writing a letter to a church in Corinth, and he's trying to get across this idea, the concept of what church should look like. And when I say church, it's easy for us to think of a bit, well, maybe not us. It's not easy for us to think of a building. It's easy for us to think of the Panther Palace. Um, but, you know, the reality is when we say church, this is, this is yes, this local community of believers, and, but bigger worldwide. And so when Paul is trying to describe this is how God wants the church to function, he uses a, a metaphor that is so easy for us to understand and so rich in application that I think it's worth reading today. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12, we'll start. It says this, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Now, let me just pause just for a moment and we'll stay here. What Paul is saying is this, it does not matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter your background, your socioeconomic status, your race, your gender. None of that stuff matters as far as it is being involved in the body of Christ. What Paul is saying here is, listen, if you have accepted the free gift of salvation, if you've accepted God's forgiveness and you've made him Lord of your life, then you are in. You are a part of the body of Christ. That's the only prerequisite to be a part of the body of Christ. And so if you came in today and you're looking in your rearview mirror and you're seeing all this stuff in your past and you're thinking, I'm disqualified to, you know, to even serve God, Paul's saying, listen, as soon as you receive Christ, we're all in the same playing field and we are all a part of this body. He continues in verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. And that's an important line that Paul writes here, that God arranged the members of the body the way that he chose to do it. You see, when we become Christians, when we accept Christ into our lives, it's not a choice of whether we are a part of the body of Christ. As soon as you accept Christ, you're a part of the body of Christ. But it is our choice whether or not we are going to participate in a way that uses the gifts that God has given us to contribute to that body. And, and really, a lot of times we want to be able to choose the gifts that God gives us too. But in this scripture, it's very evident. God chooses where he puts us. God chooses the gifts that he gives to me, the gifts that he gives to you, and he arranges us in such a way that he sees fit. We don't get to choose those gifts. We just get to choose to use those gifts. And so continuing on in 19, it says, verse 19, it says, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker or indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together." Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so Paul paints this amazing word picture, and I love the way that Paul says this because I am one of those people that is a visual learner. You could lecture to me for five hours, but if you lecture to me for five hours and give me some kind of a word picture or some kind of an illustration, I get it. And so Paul is speaking in a way that I understand, and maybe that's why I connect with this passage of Scripture so much. But he's saying, listen, once you become a Christian, once you join the family of Christ, once you join the body of Christ, you're in that body. God chooses the gifts to give you, the talents, the skills, the things that you're good at, he chooses to bestow those upon you, and then he arranges the body how he wants because he knows that there is one central mission, there's one focus that that body has to have, and all of those things, all of those parts of the body have to work together in order to get us to that goal that we have. Pastor Josh and I had an amazing opportunity last week to spend five days in Guatemala at the Casa Shalom. And it was an amazing trip. I, this is my third time being there. And to be honest with you, each time it, 
it is a, a little different in what we do. And so this time we went down and we captured a lot of film of, of these, uh, you know, these amazing kids that are at this orphanage. They have over 100 kids at their orphanage right now. And so we captured video of these amazing kids and, and how they lived and, and, and some of the surrounding communities to try to help them put together a video to promote their vision. And their vision is to at least double the amount of kids that they can house on their property. It's a huge vision. And so excited to be a part of that. I had a chance to speak at a leadership conference there at the orphanage. Some pastors from the States came in and some local missionaries came in and we got to talk leadership. It was a great opportunity. And at Casa Shalom, um, you know, where this, where this orphanage sits, it's up in the mountains. It's, it's above 5,000, you know, feet sea level. And it's way up there, and it's really kind of built on the side of a mountain. I'd call it a hill, but it's probably more of a mountain. And from the bottom of this orphanage, down at the, you know, where the, the housing is for the teams that come in, missionaries, um, you know, where we eat and all that kind of stuff, that's at the very bottom where the gate is. And Destiny Chapel, the chapel that, that we helped as a church build and put out there, is on the very crest of this mountain, this hill. And to get from one place to the next, it is a serious endeavor. But I love going up there. The last day that we were there, the clouds all cleared out because it was pretty hazy while we were there. And I know that from the top of that mountain, you can get a great view of volcanoes. You can get a great view of the city of Guatemala City sprawling all underneath you in this valley. It's just an amazingly gorgeous place. And so I knew that on the last day, I wanted to go up to the top of that mountain from the bottom of the mountain. And so I'm looking up and I see the road to go. And if you've been to, to Casa Shalom, you know uh, kind of what is in store. This picture right here is about halfway up that road. And so you look up this hill and it doesn't look like that big of a deal, but also the air is really thin. And so about halfway up, about this point, the reason I stopped to take a picture is because I was, I was like sucking wind. Like I was like, because <gasps> you feel like you're going to die. My favorite thing to do is go with people there for the first time and walk up the hill and let them have a conversation with me because you start talking and you're talking just fine. And it, ha it actually happened to Josh, uh, Pastor Josh, while we were there. He's talking fine. And, and I'm serious, like about halfway up, he's like, and then what happened? And then, and it's like, if you feel like you just ran a marathon, your lungs are burning. I mean, it is an endeavor to do that. But what, I mean, wh what would happen if I said, you know what, my goal is to get to the top of this path right here. And I started walking and my foot just decide, I don't want to be a foot anymore. I want to be a hand. It would not go well for me. And this is what Paul is trying to say. Listen, there is a task at hand. There is something that you as a body of believers need to accomplish. And you're all going to have to work together to accomplish this. If one wants to be something all by itself, it's not going to work. And if one member of this body wants to be another member of this body, it's not going to work. It's got to be all parts and all gifts, and all talents, and all personalities, and all backgrounds coming together to form this body that can then move in step and get closer to that vision, that goal that God has got for us. You know, as Destiny Community Church, it's pretty simple what the vision is here because Pastor Rocky has done a great job of, of sharing that vision with us. You see, as a pastor, he's got some very important parts of the body that he's responsible for. The pastor is the eyes of this body of Christ. He sees what God is showing him, the vision that God's got for Destiny Community Church farther out than any of us even realize and what we know. And then he is the mouth of this body as well because he then communicates to us what the next step is and where we're going and where we should head. 
And so as God has given him this vision and he's communicated this vision to us, that's how the four Ds came into existence. You see them as icons in your bulletin every week and you see them on our website and you see them on our app. Discovery, dependence, development, and direction. Those four things are at the core of what we do as a church and that is the goal that we try to, to, to achieve. Introducing people to Jesus Christ, building relationships with other believers, developing in God's word, and then actually doing God's word, actually serving and reaching out and finding our direction. That's the goal that God has for us as a church, long-term. Short-term, our goal is to build a building. I say short-term because once that building is built, God's gonna expand the vision. But we as a church body are, are all different parts making up one body working toward those goals. And in order to achieve that goal, in order for us to live out the vision that Pastor Rocky has for Destiny Community Church through what God has shown him, we're gonna to need to do a couple things. And I wanna close just by sharing these last few thoughts today. The first thing that we need to do as individuals, to achieve this goal, to really be part of the body. First thing is to embrace our place. Embrace your place. We cannot get to the goal that God has got. We can't fulfill the vision for Destiny Community Church as a church body by wishing that we had somebody else's gifts, talents, and abilities. All that does is distract us. Paul says it like this in verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. So many times, us as Christians, we look at somebody else's talents and somebody else's gifts, and we wish that we had those. You might not say it like that, but we do. We covet, and that's a strong word, but it's really what we do. We covet somebody else's talent and gift and ability because we think that that's more important than what God has given us. We feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm only good at such and such, but that person can get up on a stage and do all of these things and they could sing so beautifully or they could play an instrument or whatever the thing is that you look at that you wish you could do. And we start to look at that person and we start to covet and say, man, I wish that I had that. Here's the problem. If you're the foot saying you wish you were the hand, then the foot doesn't move and neither does the body. And so if we're just focusing on each other's talents and saying, ooh, I wish I was like that. Ooh, I wish I had that. Ooh, I wish I could do that. Then what we're doing is we're actually handicapping the entire body. God put you in this body with your talents, with your skills for a reason, and it's to use them because God knows that you're the only one that can use them like you can. That's it. That's the only, you're the only person that can use your gifts the way that God intends for you to use them. Stop looking at other people's talents. Stop wishing that you had something else and own, embrace what you have, the gifts and the talents that you can use, the part of the body that you are. Let God use you in that way. That's something that you're going to have to figure out. That's something that you're going to have to pray about. Say, God, what part of the body am I? What do I contribute? What am I good at? Am I a hand? Am I a foot? Am I a kneecap? You know, am I a fingernail? You know, I, some of you might be the appendix where you don't really do anything. <laughs> but if you get agitated and you blow up, you kill everybody. I, like, <laughs> you've got to figure that out. And the thing that's so funny to me, and I get trapped in this too, I'm not exempt from this, I look at, at somebody else's gifts and their talents and I, and I get, you know, a little jealous of that and, and, and I start to see that and it, and it makes me, it, if, I, if I'm not careful, what it will do is I'll look at somebody else's talent or skill or whatever it is and I'll look at them and, and I'll think in my mind, I would feel better if, if they weren't as talented. You ever think that about somebody? Don't, you won't admit it out loud. I know, I'm, I'm just too honest in here today, I guess. But you think about that and, and, and there's a, 
you know, something in the back of your mind says, if they weren't as good at that, I, I would feel better about myself. But in reality, we're, we're tearing each other down. When we tear each other down, nobody wins. The, the, the amazing thing about this illustration of Paul saying we are the body of Christ is that when the body wins, every part of that body wins. When a runner runs a race and crosses the finish line first, he doesn't stand on the podium with a microphone and say, well, you know, I had a great race today. My legs really treated me well, but my kidneys are gonna have to deal with that later. They weren't really contributing as much. And no, he takes credit because his whole body helped him achieve what he achieved. And the church, the body of Christ, when we accomplish things, the whole body gets recognition from God where the recognition really counts. And so let's stop looking at each other's gifts and thinking about how we can pull this person down or how we can wish that we had that. Own what you have. Embrace your place in the gifts that God has given you. And the second thing is this, dissolve division. Embrace your place, dissolve division. Verse 25 in that passage says that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. You know, when we choose to eliminate division and use our gifts to get to the goal, the church is going to stand out. Do you know any other organization on the planet? I challenge you to think of one where everybody works together for one common goal without tearing each other down. I guarantee you it's not that way on your job. I guarantee you that people are waiting for you to mess something up so that they can get your position because they're trying to claw up the corporate ladder. There's backbiting, there's backstabbing, everybody's trying to pull each other down. It's not about a common goal, it's about me, right? And so what would happen if we as a church decided that we're not gonna be like every other organization, that we're gonna be more like a body that all works together. And instead of pulling each other down, we build each other up. Instead of looking at somebody that has the talent that we want, saying, I wish you didn't have that talent, I wish I did. Instead of doing that, what if we say, man, I'm so proud of you, you're doing a great job using the talent and the skill that you have that God gave you. What would it look like if our whole body just started to, to work together? It would be unbelievable. People would come from everywhere to get into the doors of this church because we would be doing and accomplishing what God wants us to accomplish. We'd be doing what Jesus told his disciples to do in John chapter 13 and verse 35, where he said, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. And so don't let division get in. Embrace your place, dissolve division. And I know what maybe some of you are thinking in this room, some of you are thinking, Pastor Andrew, I can't be a productive member of a body. I can't be a productive member of this body of Christ that you're talking about because yeah, I know this is my past, this is my past, and you tell me to forget it, you tell me I'm forgiving, you tell me all those things because of what Jesus did, but you know, I, I, I'm still, I'm broken. I'm broken and so I can't contribute anything to this body of Christ. An amazing thing that you learn in anatomy is that when a bone is broken while it's healing, it's actually stronger than before it broke. There's a period of time there where it becomes stronger and strengthened. And do you know why that happens? It's because other parts of the body compensate for that broken area. Other parts of the body rush to that area to build it up and strengthen it while it's healing. And that's a great part of the body of Christ, isn't it? When one of us is hurt, when one of us is broken, the rest of the body, it's our responsibility, it's our job to surround that one broken part so that it can heal properly. And so nobody in here, no matter what your past, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your rearview mirror is looking at behind you, I want you to know that God has you here for a reason. And that that reason is to be a part of the body. However big or small you might think that is, whatever gift that you have, whether you think it's significant or insignificant, God wants to use it. And I can't think of a better way on Pastor Appreciation Day than for us to decide collectively as a church to start using our gifts for him, to start really asking, God, what is it that you have for me? What, how can I plug in? How can I use my giftings to advance your kingdom? How can I use my giftings to advance us closer to the vision that you've got 
for Destiny Community Church. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. We would love to meet you in person. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org or call the church office at 352-472-3284. Thanks again for listening. Destiny Community Church, for life's journey.